0: Welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It's a Wednesday, not a Tuesday. It is Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, 2021. we got a big show coming up for you. The growth stocks got crushed yesterday. They've been getting hit for the last two months, basically. So what we're gonna do, we're diving into ARK, into ARKs, investments, ETFs, a couple other mutual funds that I believe are the best managers out there when it comes to investing in next-gen technology, revolutionary technology. We're gonna find the stocks that have been beaten up and are now screaming buying opportunities. All this and more coming up right now on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Once again, folks, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me here. This is Moneyline. It is May 5th, 2021. So it is Cinco de Mayo. I'm probably gonna eat some nachos today because that's probably one of my top five foods ever. I did yesterday, I was in Pennsylvania for a couple days uh, uh, doing some marketing stuff, shooting some videos, uh, had a nice little audience um, over at the Bethlehem Steel location and uh, I was able to swing by and get my favorite cheesesteak in the world. So I had like a top five food yesterday, nachos is a top five. Unfortunately in Baltimore it's not very good Mexican food, so it's tough to get good nachos, uh, which I don't think they're very hard to make. I may actually go to Whole Foods to get my own concoction and make them up in the oven. I do actually a much better job. Mix up the cheeses, you know, veggies, stuff like that, hot peppers. So anyway, if you're out there enjoying your Cinco de Mayo, on your way out to enjoy Cinco de Mayo, be safe. Don't drink and drive. Uh, but have a nice uh, margarita or a uh, cerveza or whatever the heck you're gonna do and eat some nachos. So I hope everybody has a great day. Now let's get into the markets. You know, normally I do my show on Tuesday, I did not do the show yesterday because the markets got crushed, especially the growth stocks. Uh, as I mentioned, I was in Pennsylvania doing some promotional stuff, and I, by the time I was done, it was too late to get out. So we push it back to the day. I'm never gonna skip a, skip a show, but sometimes you know uh, logistics make it a little bit more tricky uh, than, than, than normal. So let's take a look right now at the S&P 500 where we are this morning. It's around 10.15 East Coast time right now. We have basically the S&P 500 flat. It gapped up uh, on, on it overreacted yesterday to some news out of Janet Yellen, and then uh, Janet Yellen kind of came out and uh, reassured herself that rates aren't gonna go up that fast. And then so we saw uh, the, the markets open up. All the major averages opened up today. But again, we've given it back. We're now down to break even. We need to see how today goes. Uh, we, in my opinion, we'd really wanna see an update today. I think that'd be very important for the longer term uh, health of the markets. Uh, let's take a look at the NASDAQ 100, the Q's. Um, because with the Q is obviously a little bit more tech related and uh, see how they're doing that has not held up as well as of late uh, as the S and P 500 you see it took a bigger hit yesterday right now it's up one-tenth percent uh, the red line that you see right there that is the 50-day moving average it's sitting on so we broke it yesterday rally back the one good thing about yesterday's actions we did close well off the lows but again today we're near the lows of the session but we're, we're so early we're not we're 45 minutes in a training day so as you know with me I I don't get too worked up over 45 minutes. I don't get worked up over 45 days of of action, honestly, uh, because we're such long-term investors. But just something to keep in mind. I'd love to see it bounce back today just for the the longer-term health of the market to hold some support levels that we're at um, right now. But what I want to talk about today, I think it's important. A lot of you follow Kathy Wood. A lot of you follow ARK Investments. A lot of you own stocks that are in the ARK Investment ETFs. So I want to go through them and break them down with you. Uh, This show is not planned. I kind of made it up while I was laying in bed last night uh, thinking of something fun to do that really get people interested. And at the same time, talk some people off a ledge that are a little bit concerned uh, that the growth stocks have pulled back. So we want to put things into perspective. We want to look for opportunity. Uh, But the bottom line right now for me is if you're a long-term investor, which 99% of you should be, you should be looking at companies you believe are disruptors, companies you believe that will continue to grow and take market share, in the next five to 10 years, and look for those companies that have pulled back 10, 15, 20, some 40% from the highs, and use now as an opportunity to build a position. I don't know if, it, if a stock that's pulled back 40, could pull back 50 or 60 before the next uptrend begins, but if I'm looking at a company that I like, uh, I, I love love now, I liked it before, I love it now even cheaper, you have to just think big picture. You're not going to pick the bottom ever. You're not going to pick the top ever. So you have to look for what I call the sweet spots. Now, to me, looks like a great time. And we'll go through some individual stocks here. But before we do that, let's take a look at the Arc Innovation ETF. As you can see, it peaked out here in mid-February with a lot of uh, of different uh, tech-related stocks at the same time. Obviously, this is a basket of stocks, so that's why it pulls down. So a lot of them topped out around February 9th, 10th, right and around that time frame, uh just like Arc did. And now, you know, it came down, it, it held this level, tried to rally, couldn't came down, held the level, tried to rally, couldn't. Went up a little bit higher, tried to rally, couldn't. So it's got a, it's in a very distinct trading range between 110 and 130. It's at 112.56 right now, and that, then another six tenths of percent today. Again, it opened up, but now in the to session. It's right at this blue line, also, which is the 200 day moving average. So we want to try and see it hold that. We want to try and see it hold that 110. For breaks below that, just from a technical perspective in the short term, it could fall a little bit more in my opinion. Uh, If I take a look down here, uh, this is the volume. The volume has been uh, pretty heavy yesterday, but now this is the one, two, three, this would be the seventh consecutive down day uh, if we close down today. Again, a lot of time left, uh, but six consecutive down days heading into today. Uh, We have the RSI, Uh, down here around 29 and change, uh, which is oversold, not extremely oversold, but oversold. When it comes to the RSI, Relative Strength Index, it goes between zero and 100. It's an overbought, oversold oscillator. Uh, When it gets below 30, it's oversold. But my buy signal for this is when it starts turning back up. Because when it starts turning back up, like it did right here, uh, as you can see, that kind of called the bottom uh, right up in here. Uh, Same thing back below that in early March. When it starts going back up, that means it's gaining momentum and it's on its way starting to come back up. So uh, for me, uh, I, I love the RSI, especially as an opportunity or as, as a indicator as to, create, as, as to identify opportunities when it's time to buy. So we'll talk about more of that when we get into the stocks, but that is the ARK ETF, uh, again, down 30%. I'm not a fan of ETFs or funds because if I look at the holdings right now uh, of, of ARKK, which is the ARK Innovation ETF, kind of like the mothership, if you will, uh, it's amazing how big this, this has gotten. Uh, it has a, uh, how many, how much does it have? 21.5 billion in assets. And that's even with that 30% drawdown. Uh, so man, that's, that's pretty amazing. But if I look at the holdings here, uh, it has a total of 58 holdings, 58 stocks in it. The top 25 make up majority of it. But let me go through these and just, I'm just zipping through these top 25. I have exposure to a lot either through the newsletters here at Investor Place, either in my own portfolio, or some that I have for clients at Penn Financial Group. Uh, again, those baskets don't ever crisscross at all. They don't, there's no wavering from one to the other. It, it, stocks in one of the three baskets, it can't be in more than one. So there's, there's quite a few that I have in here. And I'll disclose as we go through them. But, you know, what I'm saying is when I look at these top 25, I love a lot of these companies, but there's a couple eh, I'm not as excited about, I'm not so jazzed about, so I may not want to own all of them. Uh, that being said, this compilation of the top 25 that I'm looking at is one hell of a compilation. Uh, it, it, is, it is really a nice-looking basket of stocks. It is very growth-driven. Uh, it's probably, I, I don't know if it shows its average market cap um, on here. It does not. But I would say the average market cap is probably a small, large cap, um, maybe a mid-cap. Uh, it, it, yeah, somewhere around there trying to see if I could find it here for you. I have every stat in a book here. I'm sure it's somewhere in here. Uh, it's just a matter of finding it, but it's not that important. My point is it's, it is going to be smaller, higher growth companies uh, at the end of the day. That's what we're going to see. All right. So let's jump into the holdings, and we're going to go through these. And these are in, in uh, no specific order other than I'm just literally starting to top at the, at the largest holding and going down. And we're not going to go through all 25. But I, I think it's important to go through these because there's a lot of stocks that many of you at home own, many of you want to buy, many of you are scared to hell about because they pull back. Should you buy now? Should you sell? What should you do? Let's go through. Number one is Tesla. So Tesla makes up about ten and a half percent. That's a huge allocation uh, of the portfolio. And as you can see, again, uh, this topped out actually a bit earlier in in January, but the chart still looks great. And if I look long term on this, you know, again, let's look long term at chart. I mean, it ran up so much folks, you know, heading into the the end of 2019, fourth quarter of 2019, the stock was like 65 bucks a share. It ran up to 900. So the fact that it's at 672 right now, again, I, I did this last show and I've done it a few times. If I would have told you in December of 2019, we are on the cusp of the greatest global shutdown Potentially in history, because you think about the amount of people and and, and what was shut down before, when we had other pandemics, was a bit different. But actual shutdown, let's call it the largest shutdown in Earth's history, was on a cusp of that. And I told you, you could buy a Tesla, and even after a wild ride, 15 or so months later, 16 months or so later, you'd be up 10x. You'd say, "Holy smokes, Matt!" sign me up and I'm going to go get every penny out of my, uh, under my floor mats in my car and put it in there. However, because it went to 900 and now it's at 670, people think I'm an idiot cause I like Tesla. People are second guessing themselves. Folks, stocks do not go straight up. Look at this right here. It went from 200 back down to about 70. It went to about 350 back down about 280. I mean, there's a lot of ups and downs that happen on here. So let's take a look, uh, I'll put the full chart up here for you. Now let's take a look at Tesla. You know, to me, Tesla is still a great company. Tesla to me is still a $3 trillion company at the end of the roaring 2020, so nine years from now. Again, long-term, it's about 650 billion right now. So it's about a 4.8 bagger, if you will, from here. Take a look at the financials. Uh, this past, uh, this past um, year, let me pull up the right data here. The past year, uh, 2020 reported 31.54 billion in sales. Year before that, 24.58. So it's really good growth during a pandemic. So 31.54, and it actually reported uh, a profit, its first annual profit of 74 cents a share. Now let's take a look forward here at the estimates. So we take a look at the estimates going forward for this year, 2021, earnings per share expected to jump from that 75 cents, which was the first time that They turned an annual profit up to four dollars and 44 cents this year by 2023, up to eight dollars and 50 cents this year. Uh, revenue this year, 49.4 billion by 2020, 84.8 billion. So you can see amazing growth uh, and upside for Tesla. The argument that many people will say, and there's some valued arguments out there number one is going to be competition. There is, there is obviously competition. I mean, Volkswagen's going full-blown, um, Neo over in China. I mean, there's a lot of great uh, auto manufacturers out there. They're not all gonna be successful when it comes to EVs, but there's gonna be a lot of them. So it's not, but this isn't a one-horse town. Uh, think about that. Prior to EVs starting to roll out, you had combustible engines which we had for decades. There wasn't just one automaker. Remember the heydays? Ford, GM, Chrysler, everybody was doing well. So it, 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 you, you, people get it wrong when they say there's only one stock. Only one stock can win the EV race. That's wrong. So that that's one thing to look at. Uh, another thing to keep an eye on is the fact if you look at growth of Tesla versus, let's say, growth of Volkswagen. So in the next four years, Tesla's expected to grow its top line, its revenue, 25.3 percent; its bottom line, 31.9 percent. So keep that in mind. Um, and then let me take a look here at Volkswagen for you. So if I take a look at Volkswagen, let me take a look at future growth, top line revenue, 5%. Bottom line, 17, <coughs> excuse me. Much different numbers. And yes, does it trade with a little bit better valuation? Of course, but it's not growing nearly as much. So it's just, it's a different, it's a different beast, honestly. The other thing that Tesla has going for, which I think is extremely overlooked, is their battery storage. Uh, and, and, and the way that they're gonna work with these major power grids, energy grids, to store power, to store power uh, in homes. We can harness all this energy from the sun and from wind, but right now the technology of, 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 of storing that without losing it is an issue. And I believe Tesla's technology that they're putting into that, that's one uh, kind of asterisk that puts them apart from everybody else. The other asterisk that puts them apart is the uh, software in the car right now and the fact that when it gets to the time that we can go to level five autonomous driving, which is fully autonomous, they can shoot it down through the internet into the car and have a upgrade and the car's ready to go. These cars are built to go on autonomous driving. Again, ahead of the game. And that's why it trades at a high, higher valuation. So let's go back to the chart here really quick. And let me zoom in a little bit back to uh, a daily chart here. Is it a $900 stock today? I don't know. Uh, it's a bit overvalued. I mean, realistically it's overvalued here. However, what I do see is that the potential of this to be a $3 trillion company based on everything I just talked about in the next nine years, it's a long time, but before it hits that, could it fall back down to 400? Absolutely. I have no idea. It could pull back down, but again, I think if you're looking long-term, I think Tesla's a great opportunity down here. All right, so let's go back to uh, the second largest holding we got here in ARC. and that's TeleDoc, And this is a stock that I recommended a long time ago for uh, our subscribers, and we're still up big on it. Oops, wrong symbol. Even though it has pulled back, and it's pulled back quite a bit. Uh, You know, it rallied to a new all-time high. It bought Lavongo and it kind of like put it sideways here for a while and Lavongo was another stock that we had in another newsletter, so it turned into Teladoc. And then, you know, it it figured out, okay, it's actually a great merger. It paid a a good price long-term. I thought it was, rallied to a new all-time high. And now there's all these concerns over the company. Uh, It had some negative news, had, had earnings that weren't as impressive as people wanted it. Stock fell down, the stock now, is down from 300 and change to about 158. So yesterday at one point, I think it was down 50% from the high. That is crazy pullback. So let's take a look at the company. You know, I just talked about Tesla being 650 billion. Uh, Teladoc's 24.5 billion. So a, a little bit different, only 24.5 billion. Let's take a look at the, at the financials because at the end of the day, it's what matters. I see great growth. In 2019, you reported sales of 553 million. 2020, 1.1 billion, just under 1.1 billion. So you're looking at doubling 100% gain in revenue. Now, if we look out a little bit further, uh, we're looking for revenue this year of 2 billion, again, nearly 100% year over year. We look out to 2023. So jump ahead two years, 3.25 billion. And what I love about 2023 or actually next year, 2022, uh, it looks as if we were going to turn our first annual profit. And a company like this that is a a hyper-growth company, the key is the path to profitability, and I do see that path to profitability when it comes to, and and I see it within the next year, year and a half. So where we're sitting right now with Teladoc, I think it's a great, great opportunity. If I pull back and I look out to 2025, the estimates are for about 5.3 billion in sales. For such a growth company like this, which if you take a look at the growth estimates, um, you're taking a look at, Top line, next couple of years growing 24.1%. Bottom line, growing 63.9% annually. Folks, those are some big numbers. It's a $24.5 billion company, but it's in an industry that's worth trillions, healthcare. I see no reason why the uh, continued acceleration of telehealth is not a thing. So on Monday, I was driving to Pennsylvania to uh, do some stuff. I was talking about these promotional videos and I had to jump on a call with a doctor for a refill for a prescription, but I hadn't seen her in a long time. So we had to jump on and, or have, you know, have a, a, an appointment, a visit. At 1.40 I was my, was my uh, time that I was supposed to, to see her. At 1.40 I received the text, said the doctor's ready to see you. Clicked it, held up the phone. There she is, there I am. Matt, how you doing? Fine, great, how you feeling? Feel great. Uh, any issues? No. I'm um, Headed to Nicaragua, though, in a, in a week. So I'm going to be there a few months. I need to have you know this prescription in case I need anything. Okay, sure. Here's your stuff. Boom, done. Four and a half minutes. As I was still going in the direction I want to go, towards Pennsylvania. Imagine going in. I would have to drive, even though it's not far, in traffic, midday in Baltimore, 20 minutes. Find somewhere to park. Go in there. Probably wait. I have to go through all the COVID stuff. Let's just, let's just round it up to an hour, hour and a half took four minutes. There's no reason majority of uh, healthcare calls can't be done like that. And telehealth is still the leader. So for me, this is a great buying opportunity on a pullback. All right, let's go back to the next one here. And again, obviously I can't go through too many of these because I'm getting a little long winded with them. But uh, number three is Roku, R-O-K-U. And just Tesla we do have uh, in a newsletter. Uh, TeleDoc, we have it in a newsletter. Roku, I have no exposure to. And for those of you who don't know what Roku is, it's a streaming platform uh, you know, in, in the US here. And um, I've never been a fan of the stock, honestly. It's about a $41.7 billion company. If I take a look at the financials, 2019, 1.13 billion. Last year, 1.77 billion. Um, earnings per share, uh, lost 52 cents two years ago, lost 14 cents last year. Now let's take a look at the estimates and see where we kind of stand right now with this. This year looking for 2.55 billion, 2023, 4.66 billion. That's great growth, don't get me wrong. And if these estimates are anywhere close, uh, it looks like earnings per share of $2.23 in 2023, again, from just turning its first annual profit next year. So that, that's extremely impressive as well. The numbers really do impress me. The problem is it, it's a very crowded area right now. And I just don't know how they're going to maintain market share uh, and, you know, or, or gain market share, but more importantly, even maintain market share. But if you look at 2025, they're estimating sales of $7.5 billion. You know, that's only about eight times uh, market, uh, sales where we are today, uh, today uh, today's price. Again, it doesn't sound cheap, but it is compared, it's cheap to compared to a lot of people, uh, a lot of other stocks. And again, earnings per share 2025, just under $10. So you put it here, it's at 31 times uh, 20, 25 sales. Again, sounds crazy, but a lot of these, the, these growth stocks, you get it. I, I just don't, there's, there's, I just maybe it's just me not being able to see through uh, my own issues here, but I just think there's too many streaming platforms out there and too many big names. Look what Disney did when it came in. And I think just every other company is gonna be getting involved with it and the competition will be too big. And at, at, at one point, you just have to kind of realize, okay, I can get this on Roku. I can get this on Netflix, this on Amazon Prime, Hulu, whatever it might be. And you're going to cut some. Right now, I have too many, but I have like one show I like on every damn one. Uh, so for me, I'm not a fan of Roku other than it's just a gut feeling. So uh, again, this is why I wouldn't want to own Arc because Roku is the, uh, what, number three holding uh, here in the uh, and makes up about 5%. Teladoc makes up about 6%. So let me go through two more here in the top five uh, pretty quickly. Number four is Square. And I do like Square. We have Square in the newsletter. Uh, Square to me is a great way to play uh, the cryptocurrency uh, boom. I think it's a great way to play uh, cashless, touchless, electronic payments uh, going forward. And as you can see here in the chart, it's actually held up much better than the other ones that I've showed you so far. And it's kind of in the middle of that range. Uh, I, I really love Square long-term, and I think there's there's a lot of upside potential for a company like this. Even though it's already a $107 billion company, <clears throat> last year reported about nine and a half billion in sales. That was double the year before, which is, which is great. Uh, by 2023, we're looking for over 20 billion, so another double in the next couple of years. Uh, earnings per share that year, about 268. And again, I always like to look at a couple more years. Nobody knows what's going to happen in 2025, but just get an idea of the, uh, the poten- potential projections here. About 25 billion, uh, 25 and a half billion in sales in 2025. Uh, earnings per share about 3.70 a share. So again, still pricey all this stuff. But I would, I, I, I like this much better than Roku, even though they're not direct competitors by any means. Uh, I just like it much better, and I think there's much more upside uh, when it comes to to Roku here. So. All right, let's go to number five. And number five on the list is Shopify. And I'm sure many of you have heard of Shopify. Some of you may even own Shopify. I have this for some clients at Penn Financial Group. But again, very similar chart to everything else, ramped around 1550, back down to 1,000 actually. Uh, Now it's around 1143. They just came out with earnings and kind of mixed review on them. Uh, Shopify has become a pretty big company, $142.5 billion company. Uh, last year reported sales about 2.9 billion, almost a double from the year before. This year we're looking at 4.4, up to 7.8 by 2023. What I do like about Shopify is it it's, makes quite a bit of money. $8.43 a share is what it's projected in 2023. Uh, so I definitely do like that. They, they're able to turn their revenue uh, into uh, uh, bottom line, which is fantastic, which really shows the margins that this, that this uh, company really garners. And if you look out to 2025, 15 billion in sales, potentially uh, earnings per share, over 25 bucks a share. So that's that's where you kind of get this higher price right here. Um, but again, uh, pricey, yes, very pricey, but could it pull back to 8.59 before it goes higher? Yeah, I still think Shopify goes much higher in the years ahead because really anybody who's anybody is trying to sell something online through a, like a, a retail online store, uh, goes through Shopify. They, they really have the market. And, and I think it is honestly a great company. So I, I think you use a dip to buy into it. Uh, but again, it is pricey, so keep that in mind. One other thing I wanna look at here before we wrap it up, I have a couple more stocks I wanna take a look at. Um, it's Bally Gifford. I don't know if anybody's heard of Bally Gifford. They're based out of Scotland. Guys are great, I've been following them for a while. Uh, they have a couple of mutual funds. The one I'm looking at right here uh, that, that we're gonna take a dive into is uh, the Bally Goodford International Growth Five, uh, symbols BGEVX. So when I take a look at this, uh, I look at the holdings, and there are a lot of, again, holdings that we have exposure to or like, whatever it might be. Their number one holding, this is a stock that they've been pretty high on for a while, is uh, ASML. As you can see here, it trades over, it's an it's a international stock, but trades here as ASML. And look at the difference of this chart versus a lot of the other charts that I've showed you. Uh, stock has held up much better as you can see. This is a, uh, a semiconductor stock uh, out of the Netherlands. Uh, they uh, advanced semiconductor equipment systems, uh, lithography, uh, metrology, uh, inspection related systems for both memory and logic chip makers. Uh, but it's how big is this company these days? Let me see here. Sorry. I think it's over 100. It's about 150 billion, if not mistaken. Oh, 266 billion, even bigger than I thought. Man, 266 billion dollar company. Uh, take a look here, and um, it's got top line growth next couple of years, 10 percent. Bottom line, 13.8 percent. And if I take a look at the numbers, and, and that, you know, last year about 16 billion in sales last year, up from 13 billion the year before. Uh, if I look out a couple of years. Uh, 21.6 billion this year, up to 26 and change in 2023. Uh, 2023 looking to make $20 a share. So that's kind of where you're getting this high price. Uh, But again, chips are right now um, an issue for a lot of different industries, autos, you name it, the shortages. This is a company, if you look at most big hedge funds and most people out there that really are in the know, this has been a favorite of theirs for a while. This pullback may be the only pullback you get. Down around 600, great support. That red line right there, let me zoom in on for you. That red line right here, uh, that's a 50 day moving average. So I really, I love ASML. Could it pull back more? Absolutely. Uh, but it is a stock that uh, I do like and it's just really well positioned right now. The second, that thinks about eight and a quarter percent. The second largest one is uh, Tencent Holdings, which is uh, one we have in our newsletter we've had for a while. This is the largest tech company in China. Uh, it, it, it's, it lagged for a while, if I, if I zoom out here. I'll show you a bit of a lag a couple years ago. It didn't really do anything. Uh, while Alibaba, everything's breaking out, finally broke out, and then look at this pullback. Man, again, on the chart, you look at these pullbacks. It looks like nothing, boy, I wish I'd have bought there. Boy, I wish i bought there. Boy, I wish i bought there. bought there. And here's another one. To me, this is, it looks like a great, you break out, you pull back, you're at price support. You're at the blue line, which is a 200-day moving average. You're consolidating. Man, like this looks great to me. Uh, I could, if I buy it, I could. I can't, because I have it for subscribers. But this is, to me, a leading uh, tech, global tech stock, not just in China, but a leading tech stock. Uh, it's worth $750 billion. Uh, this will be a trillion dollar company, in my opinion, uh, at, sa- at some point in the very near future. It came very close to it uh, earlier this year. I think I got about $950 billion in mid-February. So it came very, very close. I think it hits a trillion dollars in the next year or two, uh, and then from there that'd be a 34% gain, give or take. So I, I, I like 10 cent. That's one I would definitely uh, be keeping an eye on. Again, and it's nice exposure outside the U.S. I know people hate China, but but I, I, I like it. Let's go through a couple more, just because <clears throat> there's a couple of neat ones in here. This is Mercado Libre. Uh, Mercado Libre is uh, is an Argentine company. Uh, you may have heard of it. Uh, it's it's one I've talked about in the, uh, quite a few uh, times in the past. Uh, it's, got, it's an e-commerce company which that does about twenty, uh, does about two thirds of its revenue last year, net revenue last year. Uh, it's a, you know online marketplace for a lot of Latin America. Uh, it does uh, paid search advertising. Uh, it does uh, store management services. Mercado Shops, very similar to Shopify. Uh, they have logistics, third party logistics solutions. Uh, it has a FinTech business too, that's just kind of ramping up. Uh, it's, um, uh, it's, it's a really, really interesting company. So 95% of its revenue comes from Brazil, Argentina, and Mexico. It's again, if you look at the chart, rally, pullback, it's similar to a lot of the other ones and it's been holding up here nicely as of late. I, I, I just look at this and I think to myself, yeah, it's a $78 billion company, but what is the potential upside here? I think it could be big. You look for revenue projections of 2025, almost 19 billion. Uh, bottom line, making tons of cash. Uh, looking, <laughs> this is amazing. Earnings per share estimate for 2025, Seventy-two and change, so seventy-two dollars and change. I mean, that's that's based on where it is here. It's a 20, 20 times uh, projected twenty twenty-five uh, bottom line uh, earnings per share, which is cheaper than all the other ones we've looked at here so far. So it's one to keep an eye. Uh, Mercado Libre, uh, and we'll do uh, two more. Then we're out of here. Uh, May Maytuan, I never I never pronounce it right. Um, is it M N P G? See if I can guess this right thing I did, but I typed it wrong. Some days you just can't think of things. I gotta tell you, it's hard looking backwards too. All right, here we go. What am I doing? M-E-I-T. There we go. Uh, M-P-N-G-Y is the symbol. M-P-N-G-Y. And I'll pull up the full screen here so you can see that. So this is a, a stock that... I, I like, and I'll tell you what, I actually just recently bought it for some clients at Penn Financial Group in the last couple of weeks down at this pullback. I, I, I love this here long-term. It's got a market cap of about 225 billion. Chinese company is big, uh, e-commerce platform, but a lot of it is their food delivery. It's kind of similar to Grubhub over there. Uh, they do logistics as well. Uh, really the, the leader by far. And um, <clears throat> if I take a look at the financials of this, about 16 billion last year, Um, And let me take a look at another system here for you. Uh, If I take a look out a little bit further, uh, really nice growth. Uh, Top line growth must be 24.4% in the next couple years. Bottom line, 28%. So you're seeing some really nice bottom line growth. Uh, Should be pretty damn profitable in the next couple of years. I think this is a company to keep an eye on. And again, similar to almost 10 cent, rallied to new all time high, came back consolidating. Chinese stocks have not been in favor as of late. So I think this creates a great opportunity. Uh, And again, this is a Chinese company. The reason it trades with a Y, it trades as an uh, ADR here, over the counter. Uh, So it trades uh, here in the United States. So it's easier for people to buy here in the United States. The last one is, uh, actually I'm gonna skip ahead. The the next one is Ferrari, which I do like. Then after that was Alibaba, which I do like. But I'm gonna go to the next one. uh, This is Kering, makes about 3.8%. So this would be the number seven holding in here. And the reason I'm jumping ahead to this is because this is a sector that I've been really keeping my eye on, uh, carrying in a couple of its really close competitors. This is a European company symbol is P P R U F Paul, Paul, Randy umbrella, Frank and choppy chart here. Cause it didn't really trade much, but you can see here, it's just recently breaking out. Uh, so, Keurig is a pretty interesting company in that it's luxury brands. So you think about how the uh, rich have gotten richer. I hate to say it, uh, but it's true. Uh, And this is the type of company, it's it's a French company, uh, trades at about $85 billion valuation. But just uh, listen to this. These are their brands. Gucci, St. Laurent, Bottega Veneta, Alexander McQueen, Balenciaga, yeah, if you know these things, you know some really darn good uh, uh, clothes and, and uh, apparel. Uh, this company, though, as of the end of last year, 2020, 2020 operate over 1,430 stores. Um, they sell their products, obviously, Asia, they're real big over there, Europe, North America, Japan, internationally. Uh, so to me, this is one where you look at, okay, what are people buying? The rich keep buying more. Uh, look at forecast. It's not great. It's about 9.5% top-line growth, 13.5% bottom-line growth. Uh, but what I like about the company is uh, it's, got, it's, it's not overly valued by any means. It's got a PE ratio about 39, PEG ratio 2.9. You know, they're not they're overly exciting. I jump out at it. But I just think that Europe is bound to really reopen. We just broke out. Look how it's holding up. You know, it's it just earlier this week it hit an all-time high. That, that, that says something. This is a great diversification to a high-tech portfolio which is what I'm starting to do with some of my clients at Penn Fundy and True Group. You know, looking at other areas, still a great trend. I don't think the trend of people buying Gucci goes anywhere. Uh, I will say that is my guilty pleasure. Uh, I love Gucci shoes and sneakers, and I, I, I love it. Um, I don't have my wallet in here. I should have my wallet because I can't. Oh, it's over there. My little Gucci wallet. I love it. You know, but we all spend money on stupid shit. My stupid shit is, is buying Gucci stuff. Great quality, but it's not needed, don't get me wrong. But we all spend stuff. I don't spend stuff on cars and other stuff, nothing else. I don't buy stuff. I save my money, uh, put it in the market. But a few things I do, and, and Gucci's one of them, and that's why I've always followed this company, and I think this is a great diversifier. Again, number, number seven holding here uh, in, in the Bally Giff- Gifford uh, International Growth uh, Five uh, mutual fund. All right, folks, so I hope you enjoyed the show. We went through a lot of stocks, and the bottom line is here, before you turn this off, Growth stocks go up and they go down. There's no way for me to know where the pullback ends, where it begins. All I know is that when I look at charts and I study them, stock market over many, many years. Uh, now look at the Ark ETF. Was down six tenths percent. Now we're up six tenths percent. Trying to hold support. This would be nice. if We can close up in a short term. But my point is, you have to find good companies, and you want to invest in good companies for the long term. I gave a speech yesterday, and most people in there were not really investors. Uh, they were more if I had to put on like, traders, wanna be investors, a couple bucks here and there, Robin Hood people, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the questions that they kept asking me were so short-term oriented. And I was trying to break through to some people, and even some family that I saw over the weekend, about investing, what investing really is. What investing is, folks, is you're finding a company that you believe will continue to grow, will continue to take market share, will be a leader in its field, and is in a trend that will continue to grow regardless of shutdowns or pandemics. And we've had a lot of those. Telehealth is a great example. 5G is a great example. Electric vehicles is a great example. The future of healthcare, whether it be biotech, whether it be AI and drug discovery, CRISPR, the future is inevitable. It will continue to grow as the size, what they call the TAM, the total addressable market increases. There's more opportunity for the best companies in there to grab more market share, to increase their sales. As their sales increase, obviously we do make sure they have a path to profitability. If they're not profitable yet, the the price of that share will go up. Again, from year to year, I have no clue, but over time, So if you have a company that you like, like a Teladoc you've been looking to get into, when a pullback of 50% happens, you take advantage of it. Unless something changed, unless I missed something in telehealth, suddenly, eh, we're over it, which isn't true. Or suddenly Teladoc had something going wrong with their company. They're no longer the leader. That's not true. Were they ahead of themselves at $300 a share? Most likely. Could it be well above $300 a share in the next five to 10 years? Most likely. Could it pull back to 100 before it goes back to 300? Sure. The point is you can't be looking at it and picking tops. People say to me, well, my mark, my my portfolio topped out on February 9th and I'm down X percent from there. Okay. I could pick any time frame in the world and tell you good or bad. doesn't mean anything. I can go back to November, November through February and pick a couple months but yeah, portfolio was up unless you were selling on February 9th or had to sell today. Who the hell cares? You're investing for the long term, folks. So please keep that in mind. And I'm going to keep saying this because it's like a bad commercial. The more you hear it, eventually it does sink in. So I'm just trying to help. That's where it's coming from a good place. Just so you know. All right, folks, thank you so much for watching. Sorry it wasn't Tuesday. It was Wednesday this week. Uh, But we also have, uh, coming out tonight right now, investment opportunities, our latest issue. Uh, I'm recommending two new stocks in there. They're both related to travel. They're both going into a great grand reopening uh, portfolio, Uh, $49. Click the link below if you want to get into it. Don't forget to comment, like, subscribe. And uh, we'll be back in two days. We'll be back on Friday. So thank you so much. Go out there. Be safe. Be happy. Share the love. Remember, think big picture. Think long term. It's the only way to be successful over time in the stock market. Trust me, I've been doing this for over 20 years. I've seen it all. Investing in good companies, it's not easy, folks, but as I tell you, it's pretty damn simple. I'm Matt McCall, and that was your Moneyline. The Moneyline with Matt McCall. McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.